Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of John and we're in chapter 5. We begin with the healing at the pool. So it says sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. So Jesus, of course, went to all of the Jewish feasts and he was passing by the pool at Bethsaida. And so it says there in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate is a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida. It's surrounded by five covered colonnades. Now, this actual pool was discovered by archaeologists in the 19th century. And today, people visit this exact pool when they visit Jerusalem. So it says, here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? So what's interesting about this is that the man didn't see Jesus and cry out to him. Jesus saw the man and was moved and had compassion on him and said, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So at this time, the crowds of disabled people gathered at the pool because they believed that an angel stirred the water. And so that's why he says, when the water is stirred, I have no one to help me. So they thought that when an angel came and stirred the water, that the first one in the water would be healed. But this man, like he says, has no one to help him get there, and someone else always gets in ahead of him. So Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. So all he had to do was get up. And immediately, after 38 years of being an invalid, he was able to walk. He picked up his mat and walked. So the problem here, though, is the day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. So instead of rejoicing that this man who had been an invalid for 38 years has been healed by Jesus, their response is, Oh, no. You're not allowed to carry your mat. And what they're actually quoting is what's called the Mishnah, which is a book of Jewish law or like a code of Jewish law that actually um, describes the 39 activities that are considered work on the Sabbath. And so this law, the weight became a burden to people. And so here they couldn't even rejoice that he had been made whole. So the man replied, the man who made me well said, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. 
the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. Here Jesus is explaining to him that the eternal consequences of continuing to walk in sin are far greater than where he was before, in which he just had a physical ailment that allowed him to not be able to walk. Now moving on to verse 16, this portion of the chapter is entitled Life Through the Son. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son does also. We'll read later in John chapter 14, verse 9, that Jesus says, anyone who has seen me has seen the father. He goes on to say, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge, because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. The final portion of this chapter is entitled Testimonies About Jesus, because he doesn't leave it to his own testimony to say who he is, but the ones that went before him. Picking up in verse 31, it says, If I testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is valid. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. That's John the Baptist. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weightier than that of John. For the very work that the Father has given me to finish, and which I am doing, testifies that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you. 
for you do not believe the one he sent. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept praise from men, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe if you accept praise from one another, yet make no effort to obtain the praise that comes from the only God? But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? And with that, we end John chapter 5. We will pick up next time in John chapter 6.